by the way, do you have any special skills? Oh, yes. I do. I, I do voices. What do you mean, you do voices? Well, I do voices. Yeah! We've come to this planet looking for intelligent life. Oops, we made a mistake. We're happy to be in America. Don't ask for a green card. <laughs> I want you in the worst way. Well, it's certainly a rough meeting, and it's not going very well for me, I'll tell you that. Hey, boss, give it a chance. She's going to loosen up any moment. <laughs> Look at me right now, money penny. I want to undo that bow and get to know you. I'm crazy to make a deal with you! Nancy and I are still looking for the other half of my head. This idiot! This idiot! I'm sitting on a gold mine! Don't make me smack you, sweetheart. I'll do it. I do a great impression of a hot dog. Mr. Hillard, do you consider yourself humorous? I used to. There was a time when I found myself funny. But today, you have proven me wrong. Thank you. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Four Corners Podcast. I am your host, as always, Money Miles J, because when money talks, people listen. And today, I have a very, very, very special guest on my episode this time around. I actually have my very own sister, Mandy, joining us tonight. Same. Hey. <laughs> oh, man. Mandy, I am so, I'm glad to have you up here um, I could be chill with you up here. I mean, I'm chill with everybody, but even more so yeah. than usual. Like, we are now. I'm glad I got you on one of these series, one of these series specific episodes, because this is talking about one of our favorite decades of all time. Of course, the '90s, where we grew up. Yeah, yeah. we were alive during those times. <laughs> we were alive during the 80s too, but we weren't um, really aware of our surroundings too much. Yeah, before mid 80s, but you were born like right at the middle of the last year of the 80s. So for you, I don't think you count. <laughs> <laughs> I technically count. I mean, 89 is right there. I'm just, I just barely made it. I made it. <laughs> You're like, is that? I mean, that's for your birthday. Exactly. Mhm. I just realized that. Yeah, I know. Well, I, I know if I never paid attention to it. Yeah, mom said. Mom said the same thing. She, she remembered the nurse was telling her that, and she wanted to punch her. <laughs> mom wanted to punch everybody. Yeah, that's true. Let me stop. All right, so. All right, so. I got you up here, and I just gotta get. An, I just want people to get an idea of your your extensive knowledge. Like, what are some topics of '90s that you think or feel you have a great strength in? Like, what do you think? What is it about the '90s that you remember the most? Well, I think the 
Oh my gosh, like, well, it doesn't have to be like some of the TV shows and cartoons I used to watch. I read a lot of books. Oh my gosh, Read Rainbow. I read all those freaking books. <laughs> I was in the library so much with the um, definitely shows, some songs that were popular around the time. It's, it's quite a bit. It's also like, I guess, you can say I'm like a book and pop culture and TV type person and movies because that was our kind of thing back then. Watching like all those movies and stuff together and everything. Mm-hmm. Music, so black. I remember some songs, some, cause you know, like, when we were younger, we couldn't really, we didn't really listen to a lot of, like, <laughs> things back then, cause, um, <laughs> didn't let us listen to some stuff. I know. Um, so, I'm glad, <laughs> you, I'm glad that you mentioned books, because that is actually my weakest point. <laughs> um, so, Ow. you okay? I don't, okay. I don't know. I read books. We both read books and comic books together. We used to read just about everything from Dr. Seuss to what um, I'm thinking Animorphs to yeah. the Boxcar Kids and variety comics. You said what? Oh, yeah. I said, that's funny. I don't remember reading the Boxcar Kids. Huh. That's weird. I could have sworn. Maybe because I'm a bit older, that was more for your age group a bit. Probably. But what are some of the books that you remember from the 90s that were just hella popular? Okay, so definitely from the 90s that were popular that I read. One let's start with the very first, first few books. That used to be like when I was little, Curious George. The Magic School Bus at Clifford and the Bearstein Bears. <laughs> Those were popular. My personal favorite that I ordered was the Babysitter's Club and the Babysitter's Club Little Sister, which featured um, the leader of the Babysitter's Club, um, the sister um, Karen. Mm. Yes, Karen was popular back then. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, wasn't there the. Um... I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I remember that and then there was also like now correct me if I'm wrong but wasn't there like the American Girl series as well back then? Yeah, I used to read those too because um, I remember being in elementary school reading those books. I remember reading about Addie because she was black so I kind of read her first and <laughs> resonated with her. Yeah, she was Eddie. She was born during slave time, so that was a story about her and how she, her family escaped to freedom up north. You know, they had their freedom to kind of experience some prejudice. Then they had um, Samantha. She's an orphan who lives with her grandmother, her wealthy grandmother, during the Victorian age. Then you had Molly during the World War II, Felicity during like the cabin, like when they used to be pioneers to live in cabins. She was like, um, an immigrant. I forgot where exactly she was from. Mm. So, yeah. Okay. I remember the American Girl Collection. I used to read those. Oh, yeah. 
I was just I was just about to say that um, I'm glad you said that I am so glad what was your what are some of the stories now for me looking before I go into my question I gotta say like maybe you your opinion different from mine but to me he was like the children's version of Stephen King where he would have like great stories that were explained or ex- overly explained but sometimes not too explained and he will always have a twist ending like Stephen King yeah he did have a lot of twist endings and I mean some areas of the books were more explained than others but that is a very good description of R.L. Stein was basically um, he was the children's version of Stephen King like those books oh my gosh they were so addictive like my favorite one was like Night is Jimmy Dummy I like to say cheese and die I used to love that and say cheese and die again the girl who cried monster the um the campfire stories and then there was even a series from Goosebumps where it was called like Fear Street and it was like based on these high school students but you know they ended up dying bit oh yeah I can believe like Fear Street I said um, another good book series was Animorphs and Erie Indiana now I didn't really read Erie Indiana like that but I did read Animorphs and I thought it was kind of cool how they could change it to many animals and stuff. And then I'm real, and then I remember it became a show that is fun. Yeah, so all, kind of cool. so all, you, all these came. Yeah. Hmm? I was gonna say all these books seem like they became TV shows uh, when we were watching them. Like every like books were popular. They're like, hey, the kid. This I don't even think that would happen nowadays. It, it'll be turned into a movie instead. Like. Nowadays, if a book is popular with kids, which I doubt because kids don't read books nowadays, but if it's popular, then they'll, then they'll then they'll make it into a they'll make it into a movie instead of a TV show. Like yeah, yeah. and yeah, don't get me wrong, I, I know. Yeah, say that again. I curious George. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Curious George, Curious George. They didn't make it into a live action one, did they? No, I think it was an animated movie, I believe. And I remember they had a cartoon series on CBS because Shanti used to watch it. Yeah. I remember they had, yeah, and um, Will Ferrell was the voice of the man in the yellow hat when it came out. That's what I remember from it. Yeah. Um, there was... I'm glad I'm glad you're bringing up TV shows and everything. Um, there was there was TV shows that we grew up in the '90s. Some of them came out in the '80s. I'll I'll give them a pass. But like some of these shows that came out in the '80s and the '90s, what were some of the shows that you used to watch, whether cartoon or not, that came out in the '90s that you would just rush home to watch? Feel a moon for me. I mean, oh my gosh, I used to get up early in the morning, watch her. I, I love Sailor Moon. I remember watching Secret, and I remember we had to get up early because mom 
used to go to work early, so I like getting up with her sometimes. But um, I used to love watching Sailor Moon. I remember watching Dennis the Menace. I remember Beast Wars, Amada. There's a couple times I remember watching the early on a Saturday morning and watching like Dragon Ball Z. Yes. And that was way before it became like popular. Because the very first episode I saw was like when, it was on, when he met Princess Snake on Snake Road. Snake Way. So. Huh? <laughs> yeah, when he yeah, yeah yeah when he met Princess Snake on Snake Way. Yeah. <laughs> so there was that. Um, oh my gosh. I always love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Of course. The Alice Family Cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um. Bump in the Night. Oh. Beetlejuice. Dark Duck. That was the best theme song. Sorry, sorry to jump in, but some of the best TV theme songs came out then too. Oh my gosh! Like almost every show had a good. Gargoyles had. I was gonna say gargoyles. Power. You said what? Mm-hmm. Spider-Man from the nineties. Kane was Mr. Cooper. Um, shoot, all that. Had TLC. Kane and Kel had Coolio. I mean, Cousin Skeeter had Sumo too. Gosh. And then Coleman had to be in the boys. Now you, now you mentioned, now you mentioned all that. Yeah. Now, with all that, let me ask you this. Do you remember do you remember how the song went? Oh yeah. Of course. This is just an introduction before I blow your mind. Oh, I was thinking when we did the Instagram part where it was like fresh out of the box, stop looking black. Ready? Yet, get get set. set. It's all that. Yeah, these. The show is all that, and yes, we do it all the time. So sit your booty in the floor, in the chair. It's all that. We all that. We're coming right back. You were never, you were never musically inclined, were you? Oh my gosh, that was like the theme song. Oh yeah, I remember Puppet Scooby Doo. Oh my gosh. And then Washington Tsunami. I remember, I like the Dragon Ball Z intro. Mm-hmm. Chapter Planet. I actually kind of like the X. Wait, I watched it because of the other ones. But I used to kind of like the ending theme. Let's talk powers combined. Earth. Fire. Wind, water, heart, go planet. Yeah, when you pass by, I am Captain Planet. He's our hero. Gonna take pollution down to zero. <laughs> Pay for this, Captain Planet. <laughs> 
not the way. Here's what Captain Planet has to say. The power is yours. <laughs> to me, that ruined it. I don't know why. It just didn't fit. I don't It, it was so funny, but um, that was a t- that was a Ted Turner favorite, probably. My personal favorite, one of my personal favorite um theme songs would have to be the Carmen Sandiego theme song. That was like from from which I'm one? About the cartoon where on Earth. I'm talking about the gay show. Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? Tell me where in the world is. Oh, Um, do you remember the theme song for Darkwing Duck? Oh, yeah. Um, you know the melody, but you don't know the song. Darkwing Duck. Darkwing Duck. Let's get dangerous. Darkwing Duck. Like, yeah, you, Amanda, you were never musically inclined, were you? Never. Never? Yeah, you just leave it to me and me and Shanti. Um... Yeah, but <laughs> oh shoot! Speaking of which, oh, I can't, I can't wait for the next, huh? I have my mom's where I pull through. Yeah, you do. Hey, Mandy, it's like on Martin. It's like on Martin when Gina was singing, like push. Yeah. You got to push. You got to push until you get it right. Cut. Mandy, no. You gotta sing it till you get it right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's like I feel like I'm the nanny. <laughs> oh, that was another show. Oh my god, that was my show too. Please. The nanny Mandy, tell me you tell me you know that one. Please tell me you know that one. Oh my god. Do you know that one? Okay, obviously you don't. <laughs> she had style, she had flair, she was there. Oh, uh, uh, I missed the line. Yeah, the, the, fa- the father has a garland 
Watch out, CC. And the kids are actually smiling, said, swallow. Dang it, I messed up. Um, it's in French. Yeah. She's the lady in red. Yeah. Um, okay. We gotta we gotta talk about we gotta talk about um Power Rangers for real. We gotta talk about the theme song for Power Rangers. Come on. Like like what was okay, what was it about? There was two theme songs in particular. And I if I'm not mistaken, I gotta look it up. I could have sworn that um the same guy that did the theme song for X Men also did the theme song for Power Rangers. Yeah, he did. Yes. Kind of like Prince, how he has all these different pseudonyms and stuff. Yeah. I think his name was Rob, Rob Wasserman. Or Rob, 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 he was Rob Wasserman. And yeah. and he went by the Mighty Raw for some themes. Yeah, because I know he knew that and he, not only he composed like the theme for um was it the Power Rangers and X-Men, but he also did the White Tiger, White Power. Yeah. White Ranger, Tiger Power. Power. Um, huh? and the White Ranger, Tiger Power and, and also Go Green Ranger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did a lot yeah, of music. Yeah. Shoot. But if you're gonna be talking about composers who's very popular and good, you cannot leave out my man Danny Elfman from the nineties. Ooh, yes. Because a lot of his music people still hum and see today. I mean, the theme to the Simpsons, the Beetlejuice theme song. I mean, the Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. Like any movie with Tim, Tim Burton does, he does the musical. I mean, come on, the Batman theme that everybody knows. Yes. <laughs> man, man, I'm so glad you brought him up. I really don't think that he gets. I think he gets. I think he gets enough credit. But mm-hmm. I really think that he just really shined. He also did Simpsons as well. Yeah. Oh my gosh, he used to be a senior. He did the whole weird science thing. Cause that was the show when we were little. I used to watch. Weird science. Yeah, man. I remember the movie. Well, I remember the movie, but the show was what stuck in my head. Mm-hmm. All right, Mandy. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. Got to make sure I pay some bills, you know. <laughs> all right. And so going through all those 90s songs and everything, it was just a it was just a lot of fun just even re just thinking about all that stuff. Was there like we talked about the co- cartoons? Let's get in the let's get into the real real life. What what some what some um what some '90s TV show theme songs that you remember? Oh my gosh, um, believe it or not, I remember the Full House theme song. 
and like you know the paperboard evening TV just stuff and um honestly for some reason I miss the theme song for Full House and Family Matters together for oh. some reason. Oh, can we do, oh, let's do Family Matters real quick. Oh, yeah. It's a, <laughs> let me do it. It's a rare condition, this day and age, to read any good news on a newspaper page. Love and tradition of a grand design, some people say it's even harder to find. Well, there, yeah. Oh, well, there must be some magic glue inside these chisels. Cause all I see is a tower of Real love bursting out of every scene. Days go by. The family. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Everywhere you look, everywhere you look, there's a heart. Fresh Prince. Of course, you can't mention the nineties about the Fresh Prince, and plus they're doing like what their thirty year anniversary this year too. Yeah, they actually. As a matter of fact, yeah, they did. They did their reunion, and they had, they had just about everybody that they could there. They had little Nikki even make an appearance. And I was just talking about. Go ahead. Yeah. You know what it reminded me of? What? Um, it reminded me of Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels finally mm-hmm. making peace. It's something that you never thought would happen. It also reminded me of something else, too. What's that? That was Martin Lawrence and Tisha Campbell making peace as well. You know? It's, yeah. it's just like to say, time heals all wounds. Like those, mm-hmm. those are three reunions from the '90s that I never thought I'd see happen, and it was just, it was really, it's just really interesting, you know, how forgiving people can be over time, you know. Yeah. So. Everybody has to grow in their own way. Exactly. So what I wanted to, what I wanted to also get into, was. One of the, one of the things that you and I used to, we used to watch movies all the time. You know, we used to go to the movies. I think that mm-hmm. the I think that the youngest, the far back, the furthest back I remember, when watching uh, watching a movie, especially in theaters, 
was when mom took us to see Batman Returns. I think that's the furthest back I remember. Uh, do you remember that? Yeah, I remember Batman Returns. Yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer, Danny DeVito, Penguin. Oh, yeah, Pee Wee Herman was his dad. Yep. And that opening. Yeah. I remember the Flintstones movie. Yeah, I remember going to see that. I remember. I remember Mortal Kombat going to see that. By the way, let me ask you this. Back then, were you, back then and compared to now, were you disappointed in the first Mortal Kombat movie? I wasn't disappointed with it. I actually enjoyed it. I liked it. I kind of, I mean, I kind of wish something was like a game, but uh, as you got older, <laughs> As you get old, you realize everything can't be exactly the same. I'm still learning that, like, with comic book movies, too. Like, oh, snap. They're going to be like, you know, you think with the Avengers and stuff, you have the Fantastic Four and X-Men in there by now, but you don't. But, you know, I didn't enjoy the movie, and I still enjoy the movie. I still enjoy things so like... As I got older, I think I look for the villains a bit more. <laughs> I see why the... That, like the villains are why they are. Yeah. The thing is about the Marvel movies is that they made their villains relatable. Mm-hmm. Like they made their villains more human and complex. Mm-hmm. And I said this about I say this in wrestling and I say this in and I'm pretty sure I'm gonna say this in fi- about film as well, is that some of the best villains are ones that are Villains for motive—they're not just evil to be evil, but they have a true understanding, a true, real reasoning on why they are the way that they are. Like, I hate—I hate to jump back into wrestling, but for instance, Shawn Mike—one of the best ones is Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho's feud. If you recall, back in two thousand eight, they had a feud where it started off real slow. Jericho was the referee for a match against against Shawn Michaels and Batista. At one point, Shawn Michaels had, had messed up his knee. He ended up using that to his advantage and getting the win. Jericho didn't believe was a little skeptical about the whole injury. He believed that Shawn Michaels was he at first didn't believe Shawn Michaels was hurt, and Shawn Michaels was going around saying that yeah he hurt his knee, it happened, and then. Then next time, Shawn, Shawn Michaels came out and said that, yeah, he lied. He didn't hurt his knee. He's completely fine. And Jericho was flabbergasted, flustered. Like, just, he didn't he didn't believe it. He was like, no, you wouldn't, why would you lie like that? You know, you were going to tell your fans that you lied, that you cheated in a match. And then he said, hey, he, had, he did what he had to do in order to win. He was in a tough spot. And Jericho's thinking, like, if I did that, the fans would boo me. And they would treat me as a heel. So I know you're hurt. And then he knocked out Chris Jericho and said, no, I'm fine. So Jericho got upset. He was angry because a guy he looked up to turned out to be a liar, a hypocrite. And the fans, they're cheering for this guy who's a liar and a cheat. And if he did the same thing, they wouldn't boo. They would just boo him, and not cheer him like they did Shawn Michaels. So it was understandable on why he was a heel and why he wanted to turn on the fans. 
it was that's what the, that's what they do in the Marvel movies is you understand why they're the way that they are. Like with Loki, he like he was he was the first one that became the understandable villain. Then you had then you had Killmonger and you had Thanos. Like you, you understand all of them. They're not really evil to be evil, but you understand them. You understand the idea behind their evil. Yeah. So. I like Doctor Doom too. Yeah. See, I think the films did Doctor Doom dirty. Like, I don't think there's been a decent. I don't think that there's been a hundred percent decent all around encompass of what Doctor Doom is, how deep of a character he is. Because everything that they put into him, and Mandy, you can you can correct me if I'm wrong. Doctor Doom did have did have issues, did have problems, but he was a man of his word. Mhm. Uh-huh. He was. So. Oh, go ahead. I thought you were about to say something. I'm sorry. Oh no, I was agreeing with you. He may be a bad guy, but he was a man of his word, and it's kind of funny. And um. One of the comic book storylines where it showed like an alternate universe where Doctor Doom took over. Basically, it was like no crime, and all the um, it showed all these different the parallel universe where he took over. It was actually pretty peaceful. Mhm. Shoot. Yeah. Like, so for so for that case, I had to go with that. There's also there was also more. More com- cartoon, well, video game movies. And, like, video game movies just sucked. Mortal Kombat was the only one that was worth watching. I know you remember the movie Street Fighter. Do you remember it? Remember what now? Street Fighter. The movie. Yeah, I'm a- oh, yeah, I remember that movie. And you remember, and trust me... You remember your favorite... I remember your favorite person in the movie and my favorite person in the movie. Well, two, one of one of my favorite people in the movie. Raul Julian. As M. Oh, Bison. Yeah. I think... Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I love Raul Julian. I think one of my... I think... I think Chong Lee was my favorite person. Yeah, Mulan. Yeah. Mulan, <laughs> I think... This definitely was a kind of game recognizer for Sasuke's something. said we talking about movies what was some of the movies that you remember from our childhood growing up I was seeing Mrs. Doubtfire yes come on yeah like, and you know what I was telling someone about how Christmas like it was a movie and it was popcorn tins and we always had like pajamas so we watched movies and eat popcorn and stuff in the room Mama cooked, so basically that kind of like distracted us and kept us out of her hair. Yeah. Like, oh, that was kind of smart. But at the time, it kind of made sense because I remember we were staying at Grandma's house, and Mom and Dad were like separating, divorced. Well, Dad had, well, basically Dad left, so 
I remember we got that in Atlanta. And in the movie, with all the stuff going on and how they were going through divorce, it kind of did, it, it felt, it resonated with us because, well, at least with me, I'm not sure about you, but it was kind of cool to see a movie where someone else was going to do the same thing we were going through. At the exact same time. Yeah, at the same time, and it kind of felt like, okay, somebody understands what we're going through. It's like, they understand, and I understand them, they understand me. It was like, you know, that connection mm-hmm. kind of helped us through it. And thinking about it, like how Robin Williams, the original script for the movie at the end was the parents came back together. And some parts of you kind of thought that they looked like they were. But he decided against it because he said that gives the kids false hope. And so the kids are smarter than that. In mm-hmm. some ways, I kind of thought they were getting back together, but they didn't. So they kind of worked out a deal. And I thought, huh, well, if they worked out a deal and their dad came, you know, maybe mom and dad would work out a deal. That, maybe dad's part of it. But he never did. Yeah. So. Yeah, I know. In a way, I was like, that kind of, you know, it kind of hurt because it, it kind of helped. Yeah, it kind of hurt the same time. We see his dad doing all this stuff. It's been time with his kids. Yet, our dad didn't do anything. Right. And yeah. the one time he did, it was something he gave you like a basketball hoop, I think. Mm-hmm. We had freaking Barney Bank. <laughs> but one good thing we did get out of those gifts was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Yes. I love that movie to death. I will play it back and forth like crazy. Like, Me too. I used to love that movie. Oh, I saw the chucker, eh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, Mrs. Doubtfire was what really was personal for us. It it really touched it really touched on things that that most that most movies wouldn't touch on at least movies that we would watch as kids or kids would watch uh-huh. you know dealing with divorce or families being divorced and trying to understand it we didn't know what was going on that movie really did help us out a lot and uh-huh. kind of it was almost it was almost like our therapy like yeah no yeah it was almost. Like, we can understand, like, what's going on, what he's going through, and the links that he went through to be with his children because he had loved them so much that he'll do whatever it takes. And it was literally whatever it took. Dress up as a woman in drag and put on makeup and everything like that. Did everything. And it was it was just really interesting to see that and to just understand, like, man, he he went he went the extra mile, and understanding that you know just because your parent and like the line that he said at the end when he said just because your parents don't love each other anymore doesn't mean that they don't love you. Like that really that really touched home, and okay. and like I don't know I can't remember when we got it, but like I was forever thankful for that movie, and that's why that movie was so. It was so personal for us and how it was, how it really affected us. Yeah. Believe me, I love, I mean, not only this is Dallas Fire, but a lot of stuff Robin Williams did, I just love. I love seeing him like on Sesame Street and do all that stuff and everything. Everything I watched, everything he was in, I watched. I just thought he was like the funniest person <laughs> in the world. Oh, and man. I always thought to myself, 
And I didn't realize how many people, I mean, to me, I thought he was. And I was like, I didn't realize. You know how he just had that one opinion, you didn't realize so many people thought he was like, the same, thought the same thing. And you're like, oh, snap. Like, yeah. Wow. But I kind of just wish, like, if I ever had a chance to meet him, you know, when he was still alive, I had really wanted to thank him for that movie. Yes. And everything. And how it helped us through that time. Yeah. I want to thank you. <laughs> but, like, yeah. That, watching Aladdin at the same time. He was like, come on, Al. You'll always be a prince to me. Yes. And then we talk about the Disney movies. Like, honestly, yeah. honestly, he was everywhere. Like, he was in uh-huh. kids' movies, adult movies. Well, not adult movies, but, you know, like um, PG-13 rated R movies. You knew what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. I hope not. Jeez. Oh. <laughs> well, he does have kids. <laughs> oh, man. I think his daughter is a voice actor and actress. Yeah. Um, Zelda. Uh-huh. I know he was big on Jamie. And I know he said when he heard the name Zelda... That's the name he wanted to name his daughter. And he was talking about first-time parents or just other parents. He's like, when choosing a name, he said, if you hear that name and it's right, you just know. So, yeah. And that's how mom said when she heard Shanti, that's how she was for her. I know. Yeah. It's it's funny. It's funny how how dad even changed our names. And it, mm-hmm. Well, slightly. He definitely changed mine. <laughs> but, um... Yeah. But getting back to getting back to the movies, like these movies were to some people, movies are just movies. You know, you watch it, you're entertained, and then you're done. But for us, they were a lot more. Like each, almost every movie that we watched had a theme, had a lesson to be learned in it. Like with Mrs. Doubtfire, it was more of a personal type of thing. Then you look at the Lion King, how it was about, how it was about learning from your past. Mm-hmm. Aladdin was about I, being yourself. Yeah, I think was it, um, I think um, the Lion King wasn't it based off the Shakespeare play? Was it Hamlet? Yeah, it was based off of Hamlet. Yeah. Um, with. See, I was I was going through that. I noticed how each one of these Disney movies had its own had its own uh, lesson to be learned. I was wondering, like, what was the the lesson in Snow White? In what? Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Uh, I think I think that one was just don't take things from strangers. Yeah, don't take things. <laughs> um. What about what about Sleeping Beauty? Like what what did we learn from that movie? What what did we learn from Sleeping Beauty? Because I can't remember that. Don't hang around petty people. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes. Um. What was it? Gosh. All this because I never forget this because I told someone this conversation. You said of all the Disney buildings, Massachusetts was the most pettiest. 
She did all that because she wasn't invited to a baby shower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was like, huh. Well, I learned from Steve Gideon when we were petty. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... No white women are vain. Well, she was green, actually. No, the stepmother, she was vain. Oh. She did all that so she could be the prettiest. Oh. Now, listen to do all that because she wasn't invited. Then everybody's trying to say, oh, because she used to be in love with Keith Steven and so I said, you know, the original Sleeping Beauty is completely different than that Now, listen video that came out a couple of years ago. Completely. But they kind of state that's like the actual background story. Yeah, they were. I'm like, that's not they wanted to go the whole the whole uh, Wicked route. If you you're familiar with Wicked, oh, so what? Yeah, that um, play. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So the play with Wicked, they were telling the story of the um of the wit of the um, Wicked Witch from the West. She wasn't Wicked until they called her such because she was different. Oh. It was it's done in a way to make the villain. Of the movie look more sympathetic. Mm-hmm. No, you can understand like she's not really evil. She's misunderstood and treated as such. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much what they were doing for Maleficent. So, with all that, what were some other movies from the nineties or ninety stars that stood out that just that you remember, you look at them today, and you think like their biggest ye- their biggest year was in the or their biggest years were in the nineties. Like who were the hottest who were the hottest actors back then? Well, besides, well, obviously there was Macaulay Culkin, but he kind of Macaulay Culkin. Mm-hmm. Uh, he stopped acting after Richie Rich. My personal favorite and my favorite hero. Is Ruby Goldberg. Like, she really hit it off in the 90s. Like, most of her movies were like part of my childhood, basically. Like, um, in the 90s, she had like, what, Sister Act and Sister Act 2. Everybody called Sister Act 2, but I really like Sister Act 1. Yeah, just saying his name gives me shivers. Mufasa. Ooh. Do it again. Mufasa. Mufasa, Mufasa, Mufasa. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, she just sits there at this Karina Karina. Oh my gosh. I think um, Made in America with her and Ted dancing in it and Will Smith. That's what the name... I remember that movie. Because I, oh I saw it a couple years back for the first time. I completely mm. forgot. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, she also did. Um, she also did another voice acting on the show. Um, Happily Ever After, Fairy Tales for Every Child, mm-hmm. where she played his mother Goose. 
she was the voice of Gaia for Captain Planet. Yeah. And the cool thing, oh yeah, about to have me ever after fairy tales and child. It was kind of cool how they took all the fairy tales and made and made it for each different culture or team with disabilities. Uh-oh. It kind of made me think about Marvel Comics because to me, Marvel has something for everybody, but you poor, you old, you fat, skinny, like someone who's deaf, someone's fan. Like you have a hero for that. Like a lot of people don't realize Iron Man is Hispanic. He's supposed yeah. to be Hispanic. He's supposed to be. Um, huh? He's supposed to be. Yeah, but I don't know if they change it because I know he was Hispanic. Tim, Carmen San Diego. Well, I know she's not a hero. Fucking <laughs> anti-hero. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know. And the cool thing is, like, they have sidekicks, but they're not actually sidekicks. They're more hero on their own, right? They're kind of, like, sexually partners. Right. <laughs> not a slightly colored distraction. Right. <laughs> oh, shots fired. Um, oh. So, I'm glad that you brought that up because... You mentioned sidekicks. Now, I remember us playing video games, and there, my fa- one of my favorite video game characters of all time, probably still is, is Sonic the Hedgehog. Now, he, oh, yeah. now he had a sidekick that you refused to call him a sidekick. Like, and you really love, you really love this little, this little critter. And I'm talk, and you know who I'm talking about. Of course, my main man's hero. Miles per hour. Yeah. Like man, like I remember when we used to we used to play Sonic the Hedgehog all the time, and mm-hmm. and it would ju- and it would just be you playing as Tails, and me playing as Sonic every single time. Now, what was it about? I know there's um another another guy out there, Austin Creed, with WWE, mm-hmm. Xavier Woods. He mentioned that he had a fascination with with sidekicks and everything like that. Like, what is what has always been your fascination with sidekicks or or um companion characters? I don't know. I guess I kind of like some of the sidekicks, but so a lot of times you feel like, huh, they actually kind of strong. Like they could or more creative than the actual weak person, you know? Right. Like, for example, like, Batman and Robin, like, the Tim Drake, um, version of Robin, how he's such a detective, how he figure out everything with Batman, he, like, how he pick up on so many clues and stuff, is, like, crazy. And, like, a lot of times, psychics do something that you want the hero to do, but they don't. Hmm. Like the Red Hood, um, like Jason Todd, like he was robbing, he was willing to kill. Batman wasn't. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he was ready to go that deep. <laughs> I mean, he was too long for. I mean, you know, just certain things. You know, like they can do. So basically, they can do what the heroes aren't willing to do, or they able to go that extra. That the hero, that the heroes can't. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I can, I can dig it. All right, so we're gonna take another, we're gonna take another break, and we're gonna be right, right back with you guys. Like I said before, we were mentioning like companion characters 
sidekicks, as they're called. But and I mentioned and I mentioned Tails, of course, was one of our favorites from Sonic from Sonic Hedgehog two and Sonic the Hedgehog three. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we mentioned that. So that brings me into the next segment: video so games. Sonic and Knuckles? Huh? <laughs> Sonic and Knuckles? Yeah. No, I was just playing. Uh, we're talking about video games this time around. Nineties oh, video. Nineties video games. Yay! <laughs> I know you were dying. You were you were just scratching and clawing oh, yes. and waiting for this. Oh yes, I miss the days of going to the arcade and playing the X Men game or the Avengers. Hey, winners don't do drugs. <laughs> <laughs> A winner is you. <laughs> oh man! Oh my gosh, those are so fun. Going to arcade. Yes. I mean, like, oh my gosh, WrestleMania. tune every single time you turn it on so so with tiger electronic games man those things were crazy but yes now you now you know you're a 90s kid if you got a tiger electronic game and a gigapad and a gigapad yes almost how could i forget the gigapads I used to have one. I had a cat. Um, yeah, and then you... I had one for... I had skin muscles with many teenage wits. Mm-hmm. And oh, my gosh. So cool. Remember there was a Pikachu one? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it counts your steps, too. Yeah. And you had to, like, walk... And, Pich- and Pikachu would walk with you, too. Mm-hmm. And you had to make sure you said Pikachu and play with them too. And it looked like a mini game board. Yeah, I know. And, oh my gosh. It was fun. We had like the biggest. Oh, you're seeing a game. Now, when you talk about games, are you talking like board games too? Because those were popular back then. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. We're talking about games all around. Yeah. Can you guess who is a mystery? <laughs> Can you guess who? Can you got a clue? Does your person have a beard? Like a <laughs> see, what? see that would have been funny. Oh my gosh! That would have been funny to do. <laughs> like if we played that, and we and we were like, "Does your person have a beard?" No. Hey, did your person sleep with mommy? Nope. <laughs> what kind of question is that? Did this person walk Disney? No. Hell no. Does he look like a bitch? What? Does he look like a bitch? No! <laughs> oh my god. And then they had Battleship. 
Yes. Mm. Oh yeah. There was another game, Crossfire. The commercial was called oh. Crossfire. Crossfire had the code of Rotten. I I kid you I kid you not. That commercial was so hype. Like I was mm-hmm. so into that commercial. It looked like the most amazing thing to play. And then I go to finally play it and I have no clue what the hell it is. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my gosh, you had like Hungry Hungry Hippos. Hungry Hungry Hippos, yeah. We Classic. had one called Frog Soccer, like that, yeah. Oh, oh you, gosh. you remember, oh yeah, I do remember that Frog Soccer. Yeah. Oh man, I forgot all about that. Yeah, we, we had both. We all the time. Then we also had Legos. Oh yeah, there's another, oh yeah, Clue was popular, Sorry, The Game of Life. Oh, don't forget, um, don't forget. Getting into trouble. Oh, yeah. So much fun getting in trouble. Ooh. Operation. Is, Is it water, water on the knee? knee? Operation. A whole fucking sea. Operation. Operation. I remember when I was in speech therapy class, we used to play this game called Cooties. Like, you had to make a little cootie bug or something. Wow. Yeah, I... It's kind of sad. I remember that game from speech therapy. Yeah, I don't remember anything I did in speech therapy, honestly. I remember some of the stuff I had to do because I still have to use it. Because I know I still have to enunciate my words so people can understand me. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? No! <laughs> <laughs> um. So... There was another game that we had called Tribon. What's it called? Tribon? I don't know. Like, yeah. Where you, where you, um, it was mainly a trivia game, but it was a lot of fun. Where you had to figure out what, what, what three things had in common. Mm-hmm. Remember the game of war? I do, but I don't remember playing it. I don't remember playing much. And then I also remember. Oh my gosh, Pokemon! I remember playing the card game in middle school. Man, Pokemon. shoot! And then there's also Pokemon was so Dragon. Pokemon was so hype back in the nineties. Man, yeah. there was the there was the show, there was the cartoon, then there was the Game Boy games, Pokemon Red and Blue. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And then they had Pokemon Yellow. And then it just got more complex after that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember also, what, Girl Talk and something like that. Where you had, like, you on a phone or thing. Like, three. Bop it. Bop it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that little thing. Skip it. <laughs> well, let's talk about the real games. Yeah, people probably want to listen to. Mm. The what are we best talking about? Thing, one of the best gaming systems in the nineties. Sega. The Genesis. Yeah, I said one of the best. Oh I yes. Say Genesis. Oh, yeah. You know, come on, Sega, Genesis with the black processing. Yes, of course. You know what the funny thing is? Like what? they always say, what's old is new. You know, mm-hmm. nothing really, nothing is really original. But you look at you look at back then, blast pro- when they had the marketing for blast processing. You look at 
Sega Genesis and, and Super Nintendo. And what were they selling just last year? The Super NES Mini and the Sega Genesis Mini. And those things were flying off flying off the shelves. I even bought one of each. Uh-huh. Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, when I was there, broke, man, I couldn't picture this. I know you remember that. Uh, yeah. But Sega Genesis was our go-to because we had the Nintendo, the NES, and we played the mess out of that. Mom got us the Sega Genesis and yeah, I remember the Duck Hunt, the Trash, Super Mario Bros. Mm-hmm. All that. Shoot, yeah, it was then amazing. Paul, then Paul, he had the Super Nintendo. We used to play Mortal uh, Street Fighter on his one, on his. You know, he had Street Fighter on Sega Genesis. It was kind of weird. It was like, like you had what Street Fighter Two Turbo. It was on Street Fighter Champion Edition. Yeah, champion. He had Street Fighter 2, I think. Yeah, because, um, yeah, like, it was, like, so many different versions of it. There was, yeah, was there was that one, which was the arcade, which was the original arcade port. Um, It was called Street Fighter 2, the World Warrior, or the Road, yeah, the World Warrior, where it had um eight characters. And then you had the Champion Edition, which was an update, which came out in Sega Genesis. It was in arcades as well. Then you had, and then Super Nintendo got an version called Street Fighter Two Turbo. Uh-huh. Then you had yet another one that both systems had, which was Street Fighter Two: The New Challengers, which added three more characters. Or was it four? Yeah, I remember. Oh gosh, my mind slipped. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was thinking about um that. I remember playing Super Mario World. That was one of my favorite games up here on Super Nintendo. Yes. Like, and then I was like, oh yeah, now I remember. I remember you had mom got you Batman Forever, the video game on Sega Genesis, and Paul had the same game on the Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of cool because sometimes. We'll take, we'll take turns playing on each one. Like Andrew, he had a Sega Genesis, so we played a game on his thing, and um, we looked at the difference between the two. Like the controls were easier on the Super Nintendo. Yeah. But like the music and the sound was kind of better on the Sega Genesis. Mm-hmm. Like some books. Yeah. I think one of them had more levels than the other thing. It was um it was. It was the same amount of levels. Mm-hmm. It was just that it was easier to get to on the Sega Genesis, which was strange. Yeah. So yeah, it was kind of weird. So Batman Forever, man, mm-hmm. that that had another star of the nineties. Like, and I'm pretty sure you remember him. Jim Carrey. Yep. That, he was like the biggest thing in the nineties. Oh yes. my gosh, in Little Color. Man, that is forever. There's something about Mary, the Truman Show. He wasn't in that one. I was hilarious. Oh my god, I love that movie. This tent is royal blue. Oh my god, are you new here? Yes, everybody's so nice. Oh, that's because you got big jugs. 
I mean, your boobs are huge. I mean, I want to squeeze them. Squeeze them. <laughs> Mama. <laughs> but, oh but no, he wasn't in the song about Mary. Oh, no, no, that's right. I don't know why I said that. Yeah, I that was... Cameron yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, I was about to say, you were probably thinking about Cameron Diaz, who was in that movie yeah. with him. Who was another big person who came out of the 90s? Yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, like, it's amazing how these tie in together, you know? Video okay. games, movies, media in general. Everything, back then, everything was tying in so well together. Like, movies, video games... And TV shows because he also had did um, Dumb and Dumber the because he did The Mask Dumb and Dumber and Ace Ventura and those even had cartoon shows. Mm-hmm. So he was just ev- so his likeness was everywhere. Mm-hmm. So it was just like he was just to me he was just everywhere and like he to me embodied like the media in the 90s like he was he was just the hottest thing in general in the mid 90s yeah he was so speaking speaking on speaking on in the mid 90s we had a video game system that came out that was just the hottest thing going and i'm talking about the sony playstation Oh yeah. Now, now here, now hear me out. I was talking with I was talking with another guy, Terry, that was on my show, and we were okay. talking about how there was they made a big mistake with the Sega Genesis Classic because they were trying to hype jump on the on the train with the other mini classics like the Super Nintendo Sega Genesis Classics, mm-hmm. and they were missing out on quite a few. On quite a few games. So let me ask you this. With with that being said, what games would you put on the PlayStation Classic that are essential? Oh my gosh. So on the PlayStation, my favorite personally would have to go there is Tomb Raider. Okay. I love that game. It, it had a lot of puzzles, made me think. That was PlayStation 2. Oh, that was PlayStation 2? Yeah. Oh, man. I'm ahead of myself. <laughs> oh, gosh. Tomb Raider Crash. Um, also, like, well, I like Final Fantasy VIII. I'm not sure many people like that game. Okay. But a lot of people do like the Final Fantasy series. Yeah. Yeah, like, I think definitely Fire would be a good one. Tomb Raider, um, definitely Crash series. Let's see, Sonic. I say put, I say, I say, I agree with you on most of these, 
But you you know you gotta have a fighting game up there. You gotta have a racing game up there. Oh yeah, Tekken three. Yeah. So out of all three Tekkens, you put Tekken three up there. Oh yeah, that's my favorite. Oh man, that's that's an excellent remember, choice. That's one of the first ones to play. Oh yeah, I remember you had Mortal. Oh yeah, you had Mortal Kombat four too when <laughs> we were younger. Mom got you the whole the game, the book, and the shirt. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to say back then they showed you and code like people did. We used to have to buy this book, and it had the whole walkthrough in case you got stuck, like codes and. Well, clothes or maybe cheese and stuff you could pick up and bonuses. Yes. And everything. That was kind of cool. Like back then, we didn't have the internet, so we had to get it from from the books or from friends on how to do certain things. Yeah. Like back then, it wasn't as easy. Like internet, for those out there that are just so used to the internet and being able to look up. We didn't ha- we didn't have Google. We uh-uh. <laughs> like we didn't have all that. We didn't have like um game FAQs and all these different websites game where we can Shark. look Yeah, game well we had game well we had Game Genie. Oh, yeah. We had Game Genie. Now that was something else entirely. That that still was a lot of work to do because we had because with Game Genie, you had to put in the right codes and everything. Mm-hmm. Like, that was a lot of work. Yeah. Imagine you play the game and you can't save it. You always, like, short the end. And you have to, like, you have to go to bed or something because you got to go to school the next day. You have to do is pause your TV and change. Pause the game and turn the TV off or turn the channel off. Switch the channel so nobody knows. Like, hey, um, I got the game system on. And I got a date at this point. <laughs> then we had to put, yeah, for like certain games, you could put it on three, and then the switch we could put it on four. A lot of people didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just like either three or four. Well, nobody turned on that channel. Or mom, I unplugged everything. It was good. <laughs> Man, um. I just really had a good time playing all those games and doing all that. Like this, mm-hmm. like the the Sony PlayStation. Like I already told the story about how it came about mm-hmm. on previous episodes, but like the fact that it got rejected from other from other companies from from its competition was just a huge mistake on both Sony and nintendo's part and i'm glad for it myself because it gave because it gave birth to the very first playstation and the ones that we have today we're already up to we're now at playstation 5 and it's amazing so yeah things happen for a reason yeah so we're we're talking about these generations, generation gaps, and mm-hmm. all these different things going on. I gotta know if you could take a couple games from Sega Genesis, Super Nintendo, and just have them, or you know, games from our past, and have them remastered in three D. Like what game? What is games 
do you think that most people would enjoy nowadays that were simple back then that can be simple now at, if they just did a little bit of retooling? You know what? I would like to see the whole Sonic series. Like how it was on the Sega Genesis and everything. Like updated to like a PlayStation game. You know, Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic 2, Sonic 3, Sonic 3, and Knuckles. The whole trilogy just like update the graphics. I like the music and the compose, how it composed and the levels and stuff. You know, I like mm-hmm. to see updated version of that. Kind of like when, um, like Tomb Raider, how they updated from the 90s up until they did Tomb Raider anniversary one where they updated the first one. I like to see that series updated too. Oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, I wish I could give them credit, but I can't think of the name on top of my head. But there was actually one guy who did a remake of of the um which one was it Tomb Raider two. He used Unreal. He used Unreal Engine three, and he rebuilt it from. He kind of rebuilt it from the ground up, and it looks amazing. I was hoping that he had finished it, but it was so many years ago that I don't think that he's either working on it now or whatever's going on with it. But, like, you got to look it up because they do such a great job with it. Like, what I can do is I can actually send you the link to it after we're done. And That would be cool. Yeah. So what I'll do is I'll send you the link after we're done, and you can go ahead and take a look at it and let me know what you think. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. They also, um, there's also another guy who's remaking the endings for Mortal Kombat 4. If you remember, that was the only Mortal Kombat that actually had cutscenes for the endings. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, this is a completely di- Yeah, this is a completely different guy. He's doing he uses Unreal Engine as well. And he mm-hmm. remade the endings for several Mortal Kombat characters in Mortal Kombat 4. And it came out looking like just fantastic. If you just put a little bit of effort, it really shows. And with these guys, they show that they love their craft, and they're not looking for a quick buck or anything. Like when you have that type of love and passion, you really it really shows in your work in your art form. And that's what these guys are displaying here, like love and passion for the games that they grew up on. Oh. <laughs> oh, so I had so stuck on, I felt something stuck on my head, and I was like, let me get this out. <laughs> and I pulled my shit. Wow. Yeah, and I was like, oh. Oh, man. That's so interesting. I was like thinking about all these games. I'm like, you know what would be cool? I like to see Super Mario World. Oh, like, my goodness. That would be cool. That game was so um, huge. I know. It's kind of funny how we beat the game. And then when, and then I remember unlocking other levels, the, the Star Road, the Star mm-hmm. level. Then you go up to that um, other one, and you go to the Special Zone. I remember it was like Tubular, Radical. Yeah, Gnarly. That's, that's the only thing you couldn't beat. Beat the whole game except for the like, Special Zone. Oh. Oh, you remember the Legend of Zelda A Link to the Past? Yeah, that's the first Legend of Zelda game I ever played. 
Wow. I don't like I know, I know Andrew and Paul had had Legend of Zelda on the on the NES, uh-huh. which was which was weird because I didn't even, I I completely forgot that they even had an NES, and I don't even know what happened to it. I remember we found ours, but uh-huh. the Link to the Past was probably my favorite of all time, and that's a game and story that I wish that they had redid. Ocarina of Time was amazing too, but I never got to play it as much because we never had an N64. Like, there was a lot of games on the N64 that that were so good, like the wrestling games that were on the N64, like WWF No Mercy, WCW NWO World Tour, and stuff like that. Like, we never got a chance to play those because we didn't have we didn't have the luxury. We had a PlayStation, but we had everything else and and trust me, we weren't we weren't ungrateful. Yeah. You know. Like I'm I'm still thankful for it. Like mom mom picked the right ones each and every time. I don't know what it was that she I felt like she had like a sixth sense about things, you know? Yeah. Like she knew, oh, Jay isn't maybe Jay isn't like this song. <laughs> yeah, like she got the thing was she had got what was cheap, like the mm-hmm. like the Sega like the not the Sega Genesis, yeah the Sega Genesis when she got it for us it was when it was bundled in with Sonic the Hedgehog, when she got us when she got us the um the PlayStation, it was cheaper than the Sega Saturn. Sega Saturn was like three hundred and forty nine dollars. As a pair, as compared to the Sony PlayStation, which was two ninety nine. Yeah. So yeah, like it was amazing. I know. I'm just some stuff back then. Mhm. Like we got it. Like that's why. That's why I'm always grateful for my mom. For our mom. Yeah. You know. Exactly. Like she, she was single parent. And she worked hard to do everything that she did for us and everything. You know, she sacrificed a lot. She was selfless when she had times to be selfish. Like, she thought about, she put us first before she put herself. She made sure we ate before she did. Yeah. You know? She did. And, like, looking at it now, how I'm living on my own and everything like that. And it's amazing how she did it. Yeah. But yeah, it's a new thing like how we seem like we feel like oh we don't have a food at home but she could take something make a whole meal out of it. Mm-hmm. Shoot. But like I mean we can go on and on, but like there was um there was some there was there was a there was a thing that mom had got us one time. I can't remember if it was. I can't remember if it was like um. What what was it like? A. I can't even remember what it was. I lost track already. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. That's okay. I was thinking about like some games I played on the Sega Genesis or something like Cool Spot. 
Mm-hmm. That was a game I used to like playing. It was kind of fun to me. I guess for those, I guess, you know how Cool Spot was basically, you remember the 7-Up bottle and you saw that red circle? Mm-hmm. And the circle came to life and his name was Spot. He had on the shades and stuff. He's yep. on a beach and he's flying off like crabs and shells and everything. And he throws out 7-Up bubbles at him. That would be interesting. So would it? Yeah, imagine that. So would it be a side scroller beat 'em up, like um, like Streets of Rage, or like how would you go about it? I guess I'll probably update the graphics and kind of just like, I, I guess it would be like a Street Fighter game. It probably, you know. A Street Fighter? I kind of think, I'm kind of thinking about like, I'm kind of thinking it would be more like, it looked kind of like Tekken 7, kind of. So you're saying that like, it should be like a fighter? Wait. I'm trying to think what's the <laughs> best. I'm trying to think of a good game to compare it to how I want it. Like I say, I say, um, there was actually an arcade version of the game. Okay. I say, it sh- I say, it should be like that. Like there that's was an arcade version. Yeah, there was an actual arcade version of it, where you where it was up to four. It was a four person arcade game. You would yeah. have you would have as you would play as Michael. You had one button where you, where it was his basic attacks using his magic, and then there was a super attack that did cost you some life, but it would blast away like a lot. And then you ha- and then like four people would play as Michael or whatever. It was just really interesting. So I was so I probably say it would be like that. I can actually sh- that's another thing I can show you. I can send you the link for that, and it will have the gameplay up there. Okay. Yeah, that'd be cool. It's it's amazing. Well, oh my gosh. Let's see. What other game would it be? Like Tomb Raider, um, Super Mario World. There's so many games I used to play. It's kind of sad. It's like I can't name any of them. Like my mind went blank. <laughs> I know. It's... Oh, I know. That's from Carnage. Oh. I used to like that game. Yes. And I remember the Dick Tracy game, too. I remember Max and Carnage. That was a big storyline in the comics, too. That and um, Bane came out in the 90s, and I remember how he came out. He broke Batman's back and stuff. That was a oh, huge thing. Yeah. What was that called? The, um... What was it? What was that storyline called? I think Nightfall. Batman Nightfall. Thank you. Yeah. Nightfall. Batman Nightfall. Like that was Batman Nightfall and Maximum Carnage were the two were two of the biggest storylines that I remember as a kid Mm -hmm. back in the nineties. That and the death of Superman. Yeah. That was freaking huge. Like my oh goodness, my like the death of Superman, and I gotta—I'm sorry, I gotta bring this up. I know we're talking about '90s and everything, but like this really pissed me off 
was Batman Batman v Superman, like how they ruined it, like with in the comics with Superman taking on Doomsday. It's because after after he already took out most of the Justice League, he was the last one left, last one standing. And like with this movie, like there was no reason. F- I think, excuse me. I think somebody had mentioned it before. We were saying this jokingly that uh-huh. it made no sense for Superman to make the sacrifice. Like, yeah, okay, I understand. You know, you know, stabbing, stabbing him with the with the kryptonite spear in that movie, and uh-huh. like you can understand not to do it with Batman because, like, with Batman, he's human. He probably get killed. But Wonder Woman, like, she was, she can, she would have been perfect to do it, right? She's skilled in hand-to-hand combat as well as um, close, close-range weapons like swords and stuff like that. So give her the spear, right? All right. Um, somebody had made a suggestion, too, like, why don't you have the Flash do it? <laughs> like, they could somehow shoehorn him in there. And he didn't even have to, all he got to do is just run up to him, stab him just a little bit, and then just come back and forth and just nudge it in a little bit each time. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. but I just felt like the issue issue with that was there was no the motivation behind their their issues and Batman didn't seem as detective as he should have been because if you remember in World's Finest another nineties Batman Superman crossover when when they first encountered each other. When they first encountered each other, um, Batman actually, actually tossed Superman. Now it's not like he, and now it's not like he was stronger than Superman. It was that he caught him off guard. He was that Batman's reflexes were that good that he caught, that he caught Superman off guard. And then Superman uses X-ray vision to find out who he is. So he had an advantage over him. Then eventually, then eventually later on, he gets a he gets a he's able to find out that Batman was was following him or put a tracker on him, and then when he goes to look, Batman's sitting right outside of his hotel, looking right at him, find out who he is. Like that would have been so nice to to have something similar to that in the movies, you know? Like that way, it kind of showed like, hey. You may, you may have your skills, but I got mine. Exactly. Yeah. Um. I just I just went on a tangent right there. I'm sorry. I lost. Yeah. Like the death of Superman was done so wrong in the film. Like they could have did it so much better. Like they killed him off after two movies. When end of comics, it was after hundreds of issues. Of going through and understanding who Superman is and was, and the struggles that he went through, while this movie yeah. just shoot hoarding it in. And it's kind of crazy because I like how they did an animated series, and caught and his cousin Kara, she still there for him, and turned out he was brainwashed by on Tuesday and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was done really well. Another cartoon series in the nineties that. Did 
that's interpretation of that. Still is. Yeah. Still is because I remember because I saw X Men: The Last Stand. I didn't. I didn't like it. I didn't like it when it came out. And I looking back on it now, I can I I need to rewatch it. But looking back on it now, I still didn't enjoy it. Like there was there was really not much. Like some people can enjoy it. I'm not gonna hark on them. But like for me personally, no. And then they tried it again with Dark Phoenix. And that I'm not sure if you've seen it yet, but that one was worse. Like I, I really went into that wanting to really give it a chance. Like I was hoping that they learned from their mistakes and everything like that. But like they made, they really, they really fluffed it up. I'll say that. Like well, maybe I'm glad I didn't watch it. The sad thing was I actually kind of enjoyed X Men Apocalypse. I did too. Like yeah, it had its problems, but like it was, it was okay. I didn't like how they um how they used how they used Jean Grey before she even got the Phoenix because they did it just like in the comics where where it was an entity from space. Yeah. They at least got that part. I know. It's kind of cool to see how they would do the Shi'ar Empire, but sticking with the whole ninety stuff, and then you we talking about X Men and how you talking about Batman and Superman. Mm-hmm. It got me thinking about another big thing that happened in the comments. The Amalgam series. Amalgam? Where Marvel and DC kind of teamed up and did the whole Marvel versus DC or DC versus Marvel comics. Well, I mean, they actually did both. They did the Marvel versus DC and the, you know, Marvel's going to have their name first on theirs and DC's going to have their version on theirs. Of course. And then how they had this big old fight and then they created the whole Amalgam comic. Where they combine like um the biggest um comic book characters together, like Superman and Captain America became the Super Soldier. Yeah. Batman and Wolverine became the Dark Claw. Iron Man is um Green Lantern. Green Lantern became the Green the Iron Lantern. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Oh yeah, my personal favorite Wonder Woman and Storm. Amazon. Like and she became the Amazon. Yes. And she fight Poseidon. It was cool. I Imagine Storm with Wonder Woman's strength and power. Okay, yeah, Storm with the strength and the power of Wonder Woman as well. Imagine her fighting the god of the ocean. Fighting. I know. Like, that's amazing. It's, I mean, that's I license to print money right there. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen Dr. Strange say or the Fantastic Four one or the Gabbana with somebody else. Hmm. Um, I can't. I gotta look that up on who they combine them with, cause that seemed interesting. Yeah. Cause I know the voyages are fantastic. Um, I think something like that. And I know they created Doctor Strange and Doctor Fate and put them together. Doctor Strange Fate. Yeah. Those were like some of the coolest things. I know. It's it's amazing, like the combinations and ideas, and what I loved about it, I'll never forget, was a time when we were trying to look for them. Like we went to like a comic shop, and they outright didn't believe you. Like they were like, "There's no way that ever happened," and like they were treating you like you didn't know what you were talking about. Yeah, that really pissed me off. 
And then next thing you know, and then you found it. And you want, and you, I wanted you to go back and just put it right in their face. Or someone who worked in a comic book shop. He wasn't very knowledgeable about the storyline. Yeah, no. It's amazing. I felt so pissed off. And you know what? It was just that I never went back to the comic book store. Yeah. And see, here's the thing about... You probably don't understand or get, because you know you're my brother and everything, but this happened a lot in the 90s, and that's why I did talk about a lot of girl power. And I think, like, Captain Marvel was kind of misunderstood. But I understand why there was some hate because of free love. She said some stuff. But a lot of the um things right then, like it had a lot of things against girls. You know how to say you feel like a girl, or if I like video games or comic books, they was like, oh, you can't like that. You're a girl. Then you want to question and test everything. I know, like I don't know this that, mm-hmm. like, like when I was younger and how. We used to look like Ninja Turtles. And you remember that Ninja Turtle umbrella it had? Yes. And I remember taking it with me to kindergarten. And they was like, that's not your umbrella? I said, yes, it is. It's fine. And they was like, no, because girls can't like Ninja Turtles. I like Ninja Turtles. They said, like, oh, yeah, well, they do the turtles. Then I had a name wall with Master Splinter, Rocksteady, and Bebop. And who they did. And he was like, to some things like, or some females, they go out and buy cars, and, you know, the salesman or somebody try to talk to them, then we ask a whole bunch of questions and stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, even, like, to this day, like, oh, like, you play games? I'm like, yeah. Okay, you play Call of Duty? No. What? I play Tekken. <laughs> you know, they question that. Yeah. Then, like, in football, oh, my gosh. What's your team? Dallas Cowboys, of course, America's team. You don't like it because your dad like that. <laughs> I don't know what my dad likes, but I like Dallas Cowboys because my team ever since I've been growing up, that's all I knew. Oh, yeah. yeah. Who's the quarterback? How do you? How many points you get in the touchdown? How many players on the field? you asking me questions you probably don't even know yourself. <laughs> that's probably why they were asking. <laughs> yeah. You want to know how many points you get in the touchdown. Obviously, you get six and you get seven, you get the point at the touchdown, you make the field goal, or you go over the line and do a two point conversion, which, which makes it a you get three in the field goal, you get two in the safety. I mean, this is basic stuff. <laughs> like, give me something hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, Mandy. Like I gotta, I gotta say, we're going a little bit over. T- we're almost going over time with this. I appreciate having you on here. You have been awesome. Uh, so, um, before before we go, um, I got I got two questions. On uh, one, mm-hmm. is there any way? How can my listeners reach you? Do you have Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or what? How can they How can they get in contact with you?
Instagram or the book. And you guys can find me, as always, on Instagram. It is Miles J. And you can find me on Twitter, as usual, at Miles J. M-Y-L-E-S-J-A-I. You guys follow me, find me on YouTube, Miles J. Sadiq. That's S-A-D-D-I-Q. Don't forget... <laughs> yeah. So with with all that being said, I also wanted to ask, would you be willing to come back on another episode? Sure, I would love to. Alright, I hope you have I hope you have fun with this. And for the listeners out there, I really hope that you guys had a lot of fun too listening to us ramble on and on. I appreciate you guys being with us. What you guys remember always be well, stay safe, take care of yourselves and each other. And remember, when money talks, people listen. Take care.